0: this episode of the duck gun podcast proudly brought to you by gunner kennels gunner kennels the market's only double-walled roto molded dog crate and a five-star crash test rated kennel these american-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty and the guys over at gunner kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are like dropping four thousand pounds on it hammering it with a 630 pound sled Tossing it off a 200 foot cliff and shooting it with a 12 gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast what's going on folks thanks again for joining me on another episode of the duck gun podcast on this week's episode we're joined by hunter from htr innovations for the weekly hunt updates we talk about our hunts and we talk about Elliot's hunts in kansas now for a quick word from the partners and we'll jump right into the podcast
1: hey guys tim from htr here if you really want to get your group up front and in the action check out our new htr a frame hunt anywhere concealed It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide, with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention, our A-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box? Check us out on Facebook, Instagram and on HTRInnovations.com.
0: Hey guys, another great company that we've partnered with is Sportsman Taxidermy. And we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago, so jump back, check that one out. Really great content there. Um, but they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at their shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, you can reach them at 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy@outlook.com. At and did I mention... If you're not in the area, they also do shipping, so that's great. Be sure to check them out, guys. We'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks, silhouettes, and fully collapsible floater decoys. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable, and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls. Be sure to check out Bailey's Game Calls for your next duck or goose call. What's going on folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host alongside me, freelance duck hunting, graybeard uh and hunter from hdr innovations and we're here for the weekly hunt update how you guys doing tonight
2: doing good i finally have a hunt to report after three weeks <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome that's uh it's about time yeah Probably, uh, you took three weeks off and you're still uh, smashing me the duck numbers <laughs>
2: <laughs> well this year is an anomaly <laughs> I'll go my whole life probably and not average five five birds sure, a hunt. Sure,
0: sure. Kansas is an anomaly, is what it is. <laughs> uh,
2: five birds a hunt, man. I mean, I'm my goal is always just to stick it stay at three birds a hunt. I'm at five after 17 hunts. That's an anomaly. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I'm still, that's, I'm still under two. So that's when you know it's a poor year.
2: That's probably an anomaly as well. Yeah,
0: I'm sure. I'm sure it's probably a little bit above two would be the average for our area mm. anyway.
2: I think three is a really good goal.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Definitely.
2: A lot of people claim way over three, but I don't think they're counting their zeros. (laughs) (laughs) You get a couple zeros in there, man. It like changes everything. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: See, my thought on that, because one thing we always talk about on these is the... um, FDH stats and usually hit that at the end but I guess since we're already on the topic we can hit it now but uh, the freelance duck, duck stats and for me I'm just going to put in every hunt because I don't want to cheat myself on the data mm-hmm. uh, because you know if I went you know 27 times that's how many times I've gone this year um, then you know, I want to know that for next year and I want to know how many skunks I got. Even like sometimes I'm like, well, I knew I wasn't going to get anything, so I shouldn't put that hunt down anyway, you know, like, but that only yeah. thing you're doing is cheating yourself out of the data. Um, yeah. And it's just good information to have, you know, for year over year uh, kind of entries. And, and I'm going to love looking at that like in, in future years.
2: Yeah. I mean, if if you're going to keep your hunt statistics – which we do so at freelancehuntstats.com. You have to record the good and the bad because you're you're looking for a long-term data pool where you can learn from it. So when you're when you're you know when you're at a zero, why why were you at zero? Was it the weather? Was it the wind? What about it caused you to have a zero? And when and what pool were you at when it was at a zero? It's really really important. Um, but I think what happens sometimes is that um, when when you shoot a limit you're so excited to record your stats <laughs> yeah, yeah and when you when you get a skunk you are not excited about it at all there's no, nothing redeeming about it but certainly recording your zeros if you're going to be keeping statistics then you have to report your zeros or you, you're just fooling yourself mm-hmm. yeah and i know a lot of on the on the website i can guarantee you that lots of people aren't recording their zeros just based on the bird per hunt averages (laughs) because i know that the entire community of people are not averaging almost four birds a (laughs) hunt there is no way that's taking
1: place it's amazing (laughs) how quickly uh you forget your skunks (laughs) yeah
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah the the other thing is you might just have the people who track their stats maybe they're just all like stud hunters and you know it's the people that are really soft core (laughs) Uh, barely even hunt that aren't tracking at all <laughs> probably not the case but <laughs> um, but yeah I guess let's just go over our numbers real quick before we jump into the hunt um, for me my total this year I'm up to 42 ducks and 4 geese hopefully this late season which uh, our next podcast after this is going to be on late season goose strategies hopefully those strategies pay off and I can bump those goose numbers up Um But total number of hunts is uh, 27, um, four lost, two doubles, two triples, and going to have to update the shots fired and the shooting percentage still.
2: What do you got, Elliot? I'm trying to filter this out real quick. I always forget to filter that stupid little dove hunt out. All right, I'm at (laughs) 17 hunts uh 85 harvested two lost um i've got 38 blue wing teal 18 mallard drakes 12 green wing teal seven gadwall my first buffaloette ever uh one mallard hen which i was kind of hoping to go the whole season without shooting a mallard hen not I, I think that i don't believe that it's any problem to shoot mallard hens i just think it would be cool to go a whole year without shooting one um <laughs> But I'm at 18 to one, so that's pretty good. And one ring neck and one widgeon, and I'm at six Canada geese. Uh, I'm averaging five ducks a hunt, uh, nine shots fired, and my all-time high shooting percentage, 56.8, which is about eight, nine percent above, above my lifetime average. So hmm. was, I'm was, waiting.
1: Was the widgeon you shot? Was it a Drake?
2: Uh, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was, it was not a spectacular drake. We have shot a couple of spectacular drakes this year. Um, the one I shot was, it wasn't ugly, but it wasn't, you know, one of those real beautiful ones, <laughs> but Aiden, Aiden shot a beautiful one. I've got, actually, I have one in the freezer that my son Simeon shot that is just phenomenal. I mean, it's got the white face that apparently they call, um, storm which I had not even heard that term until this year um but it's got the white not just the white cap but the face is kind of white it's a it's a beautiful bird we saw more wigeon this year than we, i've seen for a long time hmm.
0: it's probably a good thing
2: yeah yeah i love which i wish we saw a lot more i wish yeah. we did
0: i've never seen them so <laughs> yeah i mean over in our area yeah.
2: so i believe i think i normally hunt about 25 to 30 times a year and i think my all-time high for ducks is 80 in a year and i think 80 ducks 80
0: ducks not 80 times (laughs) no no no.
2: 80 ducks i believe is my all-time record um last year i was at 92 waterfowl but like i think 13 of those were geese but i'm at 79 ducks so i I think i'm gonna smash my record this year
0: if not so, you're going to be in some trouble for the rest of the year
2: <laughs> yeah i only need to, yeah i know i know so this it really is an anomaly year because every year it's like we'll I have a really good september and then october will suck and then a really good november and i've it, this is just one of those years that every month has just came together it's just, it's a real anomaly but i'm in, i'm loving it
0: <laughs> yeah all right let's jump into the hunts um and go from there we got two to talk about me and Hunter um, and then we'll jump over to yours Elliot so we'll go one and then okay. yours in the back mine uh, so we went hunting on Thursday right now we got a lot of ducks kind of using ditches um, and by a lot it's really not a lot we're just getting some groups and we didn't have a lot of ducks in the area honestly so we're trying to get on some of these groups hitting up the, the ditches we're coming into the end of our first split so we we go up there and set up on a ditch that uh, we scouted out some birds on and knew they were in there, but we didn't know kind of the exact location um, as far as how far into the ditch they were going. Um, you know something we could scout out from the road with binoculars or into the field we'd walk in there and, and look down it and try to get a good estimate. but when you're looking down you know 700 a thousand yards or maybe not that far but 500 <laughs> seven hundred yards it's really hard to estimate from there where to put your you know setup at. So anyways, we go up there, and we get up there first thing in the morning and set up and uh, get everything. We hunted out of the A-frame, and uh, sure enough, we know we got birds coming in, and some were landing at one part of the ditch, and we had others that were landing out f- further behind us, and um, so kind of, we, we definitely missed out on some just due to location, um, but then we, you know, we had a single kind of drop in there, and it was actually pretty cool, so... We have a permanent blind and then we had this A frame. So, this permanent blind set up in this cornfield in the ditch. And uh, I thought that the birds were further down in the ditch. So, I kind of convinced the guys um, that we should set this A frame up t- further south in the ditch, uh, which, you know, kind of put some pressure on me. It was pretty tough to <laughs> <laughs> talk Tim, his dad, and, uh, switch into switching to the A frame for that hunt. Uh, and so I was actually pretty, I was pretty worried that, you know, when I made the call, (laughs) things were going to go South and sure enough, the first group that dropped in dropped right in front of that permanent blind. I'm like, Oh crap. (laughs) Like I make this call and now I'm going to screw up the hunt. Uh, but then we had one, that one, we had one single kind of work along that ditch line out of that group, didn't drop in the main hole. And man, that thing literally got like five yards from the, um, a frame and just sat down right in the water next to us <laughs> which is pretty cool just to see him right there he's quacking you could see him hovering and looking at each individual decoy and trying to figure out where to land and he's right next to us and he lands on the water and all you can hear is chief's tell he's in the the mo marsh <laughs> right next to the blind so he's even co- closer than us he's right on the edge like one of the feet is like six inches from the the ditch's edge and we just hear his tail, thut, 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 <laughs> and then, and then that thing lands there, and his tail's like, thut, 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 and he's just like super pumped. That this bird landed right next to us, and the bird, I'm almost positive, flared off of his tail, smacking the mo marsh blind, and uh, you know that thing picked right back up. Um, you know, five ten seconds later, and I stood up and, and smacked it, but <laughs> it was just pretty cool to to get him in that close. Um, but, yeah, then, you know, um, we did have the bunch of a bunch of mallards that landed further down the ditch. So we shot that one, and a bunch of birds got up. Um, and that's kind of why we're letting them sit down instead of shooting them in the air, hoping some of the other birds would work in. Uh, but then, um, as the hunt kind of went on, uh, you want to pick it up from there, Hunter? <laughs> um, yeah, uh,
1: so we were probably hunting, like, I don't know, what would you say, maybe... 40 50 ducks were using this ditch yeah so when when we when you shot that that drake i don't know most of them picked up and uh it slowed way off um we saw some flying but nothing wanted back in there and then uh it was like i don't know maybe an hour later we picked up three flying and so you started calling and sure enough they worked their way down and they used this ditch like a runway i mean they were just coming down hot and heavy and the way the that they worked so the wind um, was coming out of the south um, southwest and so we were playing the wind so we were backs to the wind and uh, they were actually flying cupping into land with the wind they were, they were all doing different things um, but they were flying in the wind so we called the shot and uh, we all three shot and dropped one apiece um, and it turned out to be pretty fun uh, but it was it was just hard um, because it was like there wasn't really a pattern. They were kind of using the, these ditches as runways and just kind of landing wherever they wanted to. So it was a it was fun, unique.
0: Yeah, yeah. But like kind of like we're saying, like with uh the end of the split coming, we're just trying to take whatever opportunities we have. Mm-hmm. Whereas we might have let them build up a little bit more if they're using something kind of. Let them bring their buddies over the next few days um, and kind of let it load up. But with the end of the split coming, we're just taking whatever opportunities we could to, to get on some ducks and finish them off. Uh, but, you know, kind of dropping back to what you're saying about the calling, I'm, I'm convinced that, you know, my calling swung them and turned them in because they were going. I mean, they're going gone. And uh, it's really cool to call in ducks. You know, a lot of times they just come because it's the X. Uh, But these ducks looked like they're, you know, going, going and gone and they swung on the corner and came right in. All right, real quick, let's take a a second to talk about Lightsall, our sponsor, L-I-T-E-Z-A-L-L.com. They have some great light products that Elliot and I both use on our hunting. Um, I'm personally a big fan of their headlamp uh, and using that every duck hunter obviously has to have a a headlamp and the lights all one is top-notch
2: which yeah that's right if you want the headlamp or they've got the big torch they've got a lantern they've got a little tiny magnetic cube that is also doubles as a charger so very very high quality equipment make sure you head on over to their website and take a look at what they've got um and we've got a discount code that i can literally never remember (laughs)
0: It's all right. I'm here with the, the, the discount code. It is a Duck Hunt 10.
2: Duck Hunt 10. It is certainly worth you guys time if you're if you're looking for um flashlight equipments, that's the one to go with.
0: All right, and let's jump back into the rest of the
2: content. So, uh, you want to jump to your hunt, Elliot? Yeah, so we um we hunted last Saturday and um Right now around here, conditions are really difficult because we've got um, a lot of ducks, but we've got ice that is forming on the marshes and then fine. And we talked a little bit about that last week. So um, I've got a friend that came down from Wisconsin, and he's kind of been in the area and doing some scouting and, and giving me some information. I know the day before, like I think it was Friday, they went into the marshes and the marshes were frozen and but they busted a hole and were able to get what they thought were new migrators coming in and shot a limit over an ice hole so um they decided to go ahead and try the marshes again on saturday i had um fumbles my dad went out and he scouted this main lake which he he went out there wednesday and it was loaded with ducks he went back out there friday and it was loaded with ducks again so um after getting the information from my friend Um, and my dad, we decided not just not even to mess with the marshes because one thing about this time of year in the marshes, if you, if you try to go to a marsh first thing and it's got skim ice on it, your whole, your whole hunt can just be ruined. Whereas if you go to a reservoir, even if some of the places that you want to hunt are frozen, you're, you're not going to have the whole lake is not going to be frozen. So you have lots of different options. So we tend to try to go to the big lakes when we're fearful of skim ice just because we have, have more options. And my dad had, I mean, when he went out there Friday um, from, from the road, he could see kind of where we wanted to hunt and there was just ducks all over it. So Aiden and I, um, we got up really, really early cause we wanted to make sure that we were the first guys to get this spot. And we fully, honestly, I was cautiously optimistic about like an early limit, like nine, nine 30 and just getting in and out of there. Um, which is really what I was hoping for. So a- Aiden was like, well, let's just drive there tomorrow. Can I, can I come and just spend the night at your house? Then we'll leave from there morning. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. He's like, okay, I'm going to go deer hunting real fast. And then I'll be over around six, six <laughs> 30. So I get a call from him. He's like, "Oh, well, I took a shot and I wounded this buck and I tried to tail it. And I lost the trail, so I want to give it a little bit of time to um, die and then um, go back in there a little bit later tonight and try to trail it. And he's like, can you come and can you come with me? And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, because we get up. Like, I set my alarm clock. I was planning on setting my alarm clock for 2 a.m. was the plan. (laughs) Um, Because I don't like getting beat in places, and I want to get there early with plenty of time. And we've got to drive a while, then we got a boat miles. So, you know, we just want to go early. But I'm like, you know, he's got this buck down. I got to go. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go help you. So, so he came over to the house and we left the house here, I think at 8 30 to go and trail his, his buck. And we, we found the blood trails. I was actually, I've, I've never, it's the closest thing to a deer hunt I've been on. Um, <laughs> just cause I, I don't deer hunt, but t- trailing this blood trail in the night, um, through the woods was actually pretty fun. And um, kept finding blood. Then we lose it. Then we find it. And we we went about half to three fourths of a mile, and there we found it. It was a it was a nice eight pointer, um, or was it ten? I can't remember. But I mean, it was it wasn't huge, but it, it was nice. So then he's like, "Okay, now we got to drag this thing out of here." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh! So we gutted it right there and everything. We dragged it out. I got I crawled into bed at twelve with an alarm clock set at two. So, I was I, w- I was annoyed. I wasn't mad at him because it's not like he did it on purpose. But I'm just like I was annoyed because two hours. There's a huge difference between two hours of sleep and five hours of sleep. You know, I mean, five hours of sleep you can be functional. Two hours I means you're barely even going to bed.
0: Two hours is like so, is it worth sleeping or just staying awake? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it is worth it, but I don't know because the amount of the amount of time I slept on Saturday and Sunday after that was legendary. So anyway, a, a, and my dad can't go because, um, you know, he's got this heart condition, and the doc basically the doctor's like you're not supposed to hunt. But my dad's like, okay, well I'll go hunting, but it can't be below 28. And the doctor's like, <laughs> if you fall down in the water, you may die. The cold from the shock may kill you. And my dad's still going, you know. So, but he decided not to because the lows were going to be, I think, 21. And where we were hunting, we've only hunted a couple times before, but there's a lot of submerged logs and it'd just be a really easy place to trip and fall in so he decided not to go um and so aiden and i went out there We, the we did the whole three mile boat ride in the dark which i do not like this boat ride in the dark because there are um submerged trees These these reservoirs in kansas since a lot of them are only 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, they just, you know, they dammed them up and flooded them, trees and all. So you still have a lot of trees standing and sticking out of the water. And, you know, some of them can be a foot below the water. Some of them can be three feet above the water. And you, you generally know where your course of travel is. But, you know, you're in the dark and it's 20 degrees and you're in, and you're in the middle of a huge reservoir. The last thing you want to do is run right up on a three foot, four foot tall stump. You know, um, as you, I don't know if Hunter has seen it, but I know Jordan. You have probably seen the video where we flipped our boat, um, and it was it was that type of situation where we we just ran up onto a onto a stump, and the the back side of the boat came down and took on water, and and so I, I'm not a big fan of this boat ride, but um, if you go slow and you've got your all your spotlights out and everything, you can easily see these stumps and avoid them and everything. So, so we get in here, and um, we're not really hearing ducks, which is a good thing because the goal is hopefully that they're not roosting in this spot. They're coming into it. So we got all set up and everything, ready to roll. And right at sunup, there's just quacking and honking everywhere. Birds flying everywhere, but they all want to land. We're on this little point. We're kind of on a peninsula point, um, with a with a channel in front of us and the main lake on the other side of the peninsula point. And all of the ducks want to float and land. on the big water off the point just over and over and over and over again that's what the birds were doing so we we stuck where we were we had about i think five or six dozen out we put out our um, white rock mallard socks we put out our our canadian candies i mean we went all at them with the spread and from where the birds were sitting the day before i thought it would just be like coasting it, but they just did not want to sit in this spot. They, the wind was from the East, which is a really unusual wind temperature or wind direction here in Kansas. Um, And they just didn't want to land there. So over the first hour and a half, um, we shot a couple Mallard drakes and a pintail Drake, but none of them, well, the pintail was right down the decoys, but the Mallards really weren't and the ducks continually wanted to be on the other side. So we picked up all of our stuff and moved to the other side of the peninsula and as i was setting out the decoys had i had my gun with me i could have finished my limit because this point i had two and they were just like trying to come to this spot trying to come to this spot and like 25 30 yards i was just standing out there and they're trying to land i'm like oh man this is going to be easy of course once we get set up they don't really do that as much (laughs) as when i was standing out in the decoys it was like that was the attractant was me standing in the decoys um but once we got set up on this other side we the ducks were extremely interested in where we were but the wind was kind of funky and we still had a base of ice layer around the point so um our decoys were at starting at about 25 to 30 yards from us so we were already at a shooting distance that is farther than what we normally like to do um but that that was the best that we could do on this day but from that let's say it was probably about 10 o'clock that we got over there and from 10 to 2 we ended up shooting another um, eight birds and ended with 11 so we we did end up with one off, one off of our limit um, the green wings started working a lot and so we were shooting some green wings i ended up with four drakes and a uh, mallard drakes and a green wing and eight it ended up with the pintail drake mallard drake mallard hen and three green wings so it did end up being a, a successful hunt um, the shots just weren't what I was, I was hoping we were going to get these shots, you know, right in the decoys, just hovering. And so it didn't quite play out like what I was hoping that it would play out, but, um, still a really fun, successful hunt. So I got home by about, I think four edited until about seven and then fell asleep at seven and didn't wake up until seven. The next morning it was like 12 <laughs> hours straight of sleep, which is a lot to be sleeping. But it was a really you, fun uh,
0: I don't know how you edit it after having no sleep just staring at a computer that would put me right to sleep.
2: Well, I'm really motivated to see uh, to quickly look through especially what <laughs> kill shots I got and yeah, just done on that. You know, I get home, I put all my stuff away, I clean the birds, I take a shower, like I have one beer, you know, <laughs> and um or maybe I actually had two and splurged that day. Um but it, you know, and I'm all gung-ho to see what kill shots I got and get a glance at it. But once I have kind of an overview in my mind of the footage I got, then it's like, all right. Uh, Cause I'm actually at the end I'm I'm editing clips and watching them and falling asleep, you know, as I'm previewing <laughs> yeah. them. So that's when I'm like, okay, I'm done. When, but when I think the video turned out decent. When, I'm, you're I'm boating,
1: when you're boating out there in the morning, are you, can you hear a bunch of birds? Like, are you, bumping up a lot with as many that are using it or we we know?
2: bump we did not bump up that many we bumped up um one group of mallards out on the main lake and we bumped up um we could hear a bunch of geese so i don't know where the mass of those mallards were sitting they might have just been um in a different spot or maybe we were pushing them and didn't hear them um i'm not sure Or maybe they were sitting back in where we were and they all flushed out before we got that close to them um, go, and and maybe there, maybe, go are ahead. You go.
1: Are you going like in the center of the reservoir, or I mean, is this reservoir massive to where you're only you're going around the outskirts of it? I mean, because there's thousands and thousands of birds using this, right?
2: Yeah, there was. Yeah, no, it's a big reservoir. It's. I mean, I'm not sure what to call big. Um, this section from from the boat put in to where we were hunting was three miles, hmm. and there's probably a so it's probably a four mile stretch there. Um, and probably about a mile wide, maybe a mile and a half wide. And that's one section of, that's one section of the lake. So, um, but yeah, we're cutting straight through the middle of it, but there's lots of little coves and stuff. And, and like I said, we could have been bumping them. Um, we we could possibly have been bumping them, but I mean, they were certainly flying all around us as soon as sun was up for sure.
1: Are these birds you like roosting on the center of the reservoir and then just in the morning flying to all the fingers? Is that... Or are they coming off other places and into this reservoir in the morning? I'm
2: assuming that they're uh, on the, the main reservoir where it's safe is okay. is where I'm assuming that they are. Um, and then they and then they go up into the coves. I think, but it's it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know anytime I've hunted those coves, um, I, we, I we don't bump out ducks coming in so they're probably just out rafting in the middle and they, they do like to as far as later the season goes these mallards really like to raft in open water in fact i've wondered if you could go to kind of sea duck hunting tactics with the big layouts and have success i don't i don't know i've never seen anyone in kansas try that um but i've often wondered if you would have success in doing that i don't know i'm not sure
1: how deep are the reservoirs in the center pretty
2: deep um 20 to 50 feet okay so, I mean, they're not huge deep, but you'd have to run. Yeah. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure how you'd run your decoys. I know I've saw that they've got these, these new things for diver decoys. It's like a mat mm. and, and you kind of attach them all to the mat. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure how you do it. Cause they are pretty deep, but yeah. And I don't know yeah. if Mallard's would be game to that. If they would see you laying there or not, they might be completely um, content out on those big, big bodies. I don't, I don't know. So hopefully that's where I take Jordan. Cause it's, it's a cool spot, beautiful. It's a fun place to hunt. It would be perfect for the A-frame. We almost took the A-frame out with us. Cause the night before we had set it up inside thinking, well, we'll take it with us. Cause we had, we haven't even scouted this area um, as far as the water depth and stuff. So we weren't sure how it was going to lay out mm-hmm. and we were going to take it with us, but we haven't, we have no brush on it at all at this point and so at the last second we decided well let's just go and take our layout boats because we put our layout boats on our 18 foot well-built boat and then when we get out there we offload the layout boats Mm. hunt out of those and then ditch the big boat um but we could have thrown the a-frame in there we just decided last second not to do it and then when we're out there we were wishing that we had but i I think it would have been a a chore to grasp that entire thing out there Mm -hmm. from scratch
0: All right, so is that is that the finish of your hunt then?
2: Yep, that's my hunt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's a lot better than our
2: hunt. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it, it was fun for sure. It was it was a good time. Well,
0: I'll say. Well, the, the thing I'm definitely jealous about is the pintail. I know it didn't have a big sprig on it or anything, but, um, yeah. you know, pintail are pretty sweet.
2: <laughs> yeah, that we saw mallards, green wing teal, and two pintail. <laughs> That was the species. Oh, and some hooded mergansers, but I don't really count those.
0: You should uh, shoot those whenever you get a chance.
2: <laughs> I, will, I will shoot a drake hooded merganser from time to time. I'm on a slow day. I think they're really cool birds, and you I like just, to have them in my hands. You should just shoot
0: the, the hens as well. They're nasty.
2: You don't have to second. eat them,
0: but they're the biggest <laughs> enemy to trout, so... Uh, they well, eat thousands and thousands of fingerling for trout. And there's, and and especially in our area um, <laughs> where they're trying to like, you know, do um, reintroduction uh, of trout in certain streams and, you know, it's a struggle kind of building them up and being able to have brown trout around to, to fish. Uh, anytime I see a merganser hooded or the other kind, I'll shoot up to my limit of the hooded and (laughs) any of the commons I'm going to shoot as well. And everybody says they're nasty. They don't want to shoot them, but do the trout fishermen a favor and let's reduce the merganser population.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, they're going to have to fly a long way from Kansas to eat trout. Let me tell you that because they're not eating them here. (laughs)
0: Well, I'm sure they are somewhere in their flyway.
2: I'm sure. I wonder if the common mergansers are, are, if they eat a lot of that's what i the common mergans are really disgusting
0: yeah no they all both both of them eat just just straight fish that's what they chow down on and they eat the fingerling um small small fries and all that kind of stuff so just uh (laughs) you had a chance do us a favor (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) i got a mission so anyways uh (laughs) our next time um hunter you want to tell about the scouting of that
1: yeah, so um, as it gets colder, these ditches, um, we ha- we have some spots next to a, bit, a really big roost area, uh, lake, and uh, the colder it gets, the better, the more birds hit this lake and then feed into the fields. Well, we this area we have a lot of ditches that run through the fields, and these ditches just get loaded, um, but it, it's contingent on weather, so they only really use it the colder it gets. It's like they, they just swarm into these ditches. Well, we've been i mean between the two of us we've scouted and scouted and scouted and they just hadn't been using it hadn't been cold enough well the last couple days it started getting down into the 20s and um i think it was we hunted it saturday so friday um friday morning i scouted it and the first time um we had some birds start working in their first light i think i think it was like 50 60 maybe 70 ducks that were starting to hit it and it was supposed to be even colder the next morning so it looked promising uh we were excited because um i mean it can go from 50 to 60 to 150 plus real quick um
0: so we were excited yeah just it. to kind of interject on that these ditches like this section of ditch is like what would you say like three four hundred yards long Mm-hmm. so i mean you yeah. get a big wad of birds in a small area and it's pretty easy to get well, I wouldn't say pretty easy, just from what happened, but um, it's kind of easy to get on a big chunk of birds out there on in in the farm fields. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's a wide ditch too. It's, I mean, it's five yards wide, so it's not. I mean, it's it's a good body of water that they're hitting. Um. So, anyways, yeah, we 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 were excited. There was four of us. We decided to take the the a frame out. Um. There's a ton of cover around. Uh, lots of natural grass one side of it was a cornfield cut cornfield the other side was a cut bean field um, So there's lots of standing corn lots of brush right up next to the ditch. So we we knew we had no issues uh, blending in real well um, And the day before uh, they were all hitting right in the center this Right in the center of this ditch is where they were landing and kind of grouping up um, And so that's where we were trying to land or trying to set up and uh, we really didn't do a, as great of a job as what we should have. We thought we were in the center. Um, but looking back, I wish I would have marked a pin in Google maps so that we knew exactly where the center was. Um, Cause that, uh, the, the difference in 20 yards of setup uh, can really make her break. <laughs> and that's kind of what did it for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Now you guys are always talking about these ditches. Can you give a little better explanation of exactly what are what what it where are they so farmers put
0: tiles under the fields to drain the water out from their fields so they don't get flooded spots that way you know they can use everything for crops otherwise you just have these big areas that pool up with water mm-hmm. out in your fields. so they put all the tile under there and run uh water systems or, or ditches all through the fields um to collect it all yeah and collect and it call. all and so what happens with that is I don't know if it's because because they're so low they're below the freezing point or or what it is that allows them to stay open but they stay open you got ponds that are freezing up you got i mean edges of rivers that are freezing up and, and these ditches just stay open
1: so it's kind of two things there's always there's always running water and this area is um run from the lake when the lake gets too high it has these fingers that the excess water runs into and then it's also a funnel point into these ditches. So there's always running water. So these stay open longer than everything else. Oh, wow. And so, that's and so that's why even when the lakes, there'll be just a little um, hole open in the center of the lake and there'll be thousands of birds in there. Then they'll come off in the morning or even roost in these ditches. And when it gets super <laughs> cold, it's hard to hunt them because there's so many birds roosting in there. Um, we've actually hunted uh, when they've been roosting and we haven't had much luck cause they didn't come back for whatever reason. So,
0: um, I guess we. No, those,
2: sound, sure. those places sound great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it can make some cool hunts. Yeah. It's just, we're still trying to figure out the, the best way to kind of hit these up yeah. and the opportunities to hit these don't really come to the, the, late cold part of the season. So we get, you know, a few hunts every year to kind of test out different things. Um, and so we definitely, you know, learning curve on this one. And so kind of the outcome of this hunt is we had birds working into the ditch, but we were, like you was saying, we we should have had like a pin or something marked. Um, when you get out there yeah. and you're looking in the dark, like are we close to the same spot as where we saw the birds landing on this mm-hmm. just straight ditch? There's no real defining features besides it's just a straight ditch for hundreds of yards. You know, are we where the birds want to be? And we were off the X and not by a lot we were we we're close like we had birds and they wanted to be in this spot and so we we're kind of talking about different things we could try um the next time you know we we went with kind of a minimal approach on the decoys maybe we need a bigger spread to better simulate what they were doing um whereas we're like ah, oh, we're on the x we only need a, you know a few decoys mm-hmm. we'll put them there right in front of the the a-frame that way they know where we, they should land um but yeah so i guess what we're going to try to do in the future is maybe try a bigger spread obviously we'll we'll move um try to have a better uh pinpoint on where they're going to be in the ditch mm-hmm. uh but yeah we just had birds like we saw hundreds of birds mm-hmm. and they were circling they were dumping into the ditch and the way they're working they were just out of range of shooting so they'd come through they'd circle over top um and we're not we're not going to shoot them uh you know sky busting uh, although we we probably would have Knocked them down if we are shooting straight up But uh, and then we had some Come in uh, And they would bank they'd be coming We'd look, look kind of good look kind of good And they'd bank and I was on the far right side of the A frame and I would have had shots at them A few times uh, but we're kind of We had so many birds working we just kind of let them Pass and hope that the next group would work c- Closer in front of us but it ended up Being uh, <laughs> uh, that we Move spots And, uh, when we moved spots, we got set up down there and then it it was kind of like the flight ended. So we made a move, but it was a little late. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we chose to pick up, um, at a certain time and then we had birds moving again. So it was kind of like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, some some bad luck on the hunt is kind of the moral of the story. And, uh, we did end up killing two though. Yeah. Killed two. When I went to go, we had birds. Down at the end, I'm like, well, I need to bust up these birds because they keep landing with all the real ones. So I get out of the blind and I start walking. As soon as I get out of the blind, like I'm like 15, 20 yards down from the blind. And these guys are standing up looking at me and three birds come right overhead of them. They bust two of them. I'm like, okay. Oh, <laughs> so, man. Yeah. It, it was just one of those mornings. And, and they're coming in so fast over top. If they hadn't been standing up already... They probably wouldn't have been able to take the shot, but (laughs) because they're, you know, they're decoying when they come straight over your kind of back left shoulder, you're not really going to see them in time uh, necessarily. So,
2: yeah.
1: It's amazing what 20, 30 yards can do for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, all in all, that that was actually a pretty frustrating hunt for me. And then (laughs) kind of the Thursday hunt, Chief had like a really good retrieve and he did really well. Uh, but man he just had a really really off day for whatever reason you know dogs are just like people we can have bad days they can have bad days but Mm -hmm. this this was not chief's best showing (laughs) what was he doing he so it was really muddy and so you know for whatever reason um like he just didn't want to jump right into it and he got in there and then like it was tough for him to move and then like We had a live one and a dead one, and I tried to point him on the live one. He went so went over, picked up the dead one, and then the live one crawls under the ditch, uh, like under the edge of the ground in the ditch. And so now we have like a cripple that we can't get to. And eventually we did get it, but uh, it was Uh just frustrating to like, you know, he he wasn't he just wasn't listening. Uh, Like I said, not his best showing. Is he's not you know, uh, what we'd call like. Um, like a Barton Ramsey caliber <laughs> duck mm-hmm. dog or anything, but yeah. you know he usually goes out there and gets the ducks and brings them back, which, yeah. you know, is, is good enough. Um, and you know, but that wasn't, that wasn't him on Saturday. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, they, they had certainly dogs have their off days for sure. Yeah. I, sh- I should have told about my hunt. Is he, um, I wasn't sure whether I was going to take her or not. Cause she is just acting old, um, since this injury. And she hates the cold. And Aiden's like, "Well, you know, go ahead and try to bring her." And man, she had so much spark in her. Um, she did awesome. I she really was did much better than what I thought she would have done. And a lot of it was, I I still kind of wish I didn't take her because a lot of it was ankle device. So she would kind of be breaking through it as she as she went, you know, and which is springing off those back legs, which is the last thing I want her to do with the ACL injury she had. Um, but I mean, so like the, the hunt before there was times where I could tell she didn't want to go, so I didn't even send her, but every single, every single one of the 11 ducks she wanted to go to, if I wasn't sending her, she was whining. I'm like, Oh, if you want to go, go ahead and go. And she'd be out there. And she just had a lot more desire. Um, this hunt, this, this is by far the most desire she had had to hunt since coming back from her injury. So I was really, it was nice to see her kind of back to her old self a little more.
0: Awesome. Yeah, definitely. uh did see that as well in your video. Um, you know, the one that was uh, probably the best was the live. Was that actually the pintail that yeah. she had to really fight for to get to?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those are usually my favorite. Watching your dog work on those. Until
2: yeah, they, I like. Yeah. Until
0: they get. She away had. She the had.
2: A, she had another one like that, and um, sometimes when she gets the birds like that, she's really aggressive and will I just plunge her head in. And other times, she's a little bit more. Um, reluctant and she'll kind of look at it and kind of peck at it and then finally get it. But she had two of those opportunities Saturdays and both times it was just bam. She just snagged it. Um, She, she had a mallard when she was young, that was alive that just, she caught it by the side and it was, you know, just beating the tar out of her with its (laughs) wing, like her first year. And that kind of made her a little reluctant, I think to, Mm. to just diving her head in, on on some of those wounded birds but she had two of those opportunities on saturdays and she was really aggressive on both of them so i will say the next day she was limping pretty hard so Mm. (laughs) i think when you're here i'll probably if my dad goes with us um i'll I'll just have my dad bring candy now has um um, has chief hunted with another dog before
0: uh he has a few times yeah
2: okay so he's somewhat accustomed to that yeah Uh... okay
0: i mean i wouldn't say somewhat accustomed he's he's done it
2: <laughs> i mean he'll be able he'll be able to function yeah okay um i'll probably have uh, my dad bring candy on the first hunt and then i imagine it might just be you and me on the second hunt i'll probably bring izzy um on the second one so because you're you're hunting chief both days on those i, I would i assumed
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. okay cool all right. So that, that's kind of the plan for that. that'll be, that'll be really fun having them together. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our hunt update. We don't got any more. Uh, Elliot, you got anything else to add?
2: Nope. Got two hunts for next week. And, um, I see you guys won't have as many. You'll have two also. We'll both have two. <laughs> what about that too? What day are we going to record next week? Um, cause I was like, I was thinking Monday, but that won't work. Um can we and I've got something on Tuesday. Is there any way we could bump it to Wednesday? I'm trying to think. We can
0: uh, yeah, we can talk about it later. So okay. um but yeah, I guess that about wraps it up. Hunter, you wanna go ahead and uh give your plugs?
1: Yeah, so, uh, check us out at, uh, htrinnovations.com. We also have, uh, Instagram, which is, uh, htr underscore innovations, as well as, uh, filming all of our hunts. This year's a first for that, um, and that's on YouTube, htrwaterfowl, um, check out all our products online, uh, we're running, uh, December Christmas specials on everything, so, um. Get them while they're hot. Um, we got everything from A-frames to layout lounges to gun stands and some apparel in there, too. So uh, get them while they're hot.
0: Alrighty, That's all we got for this week, guys. Uh, make sure to check us uh, out on iTunes as well if you just are a live listener um, over at the Duck Gun Podcast. And drop us a five-star review over there. We really appreciate it. It helps us out a ton. Um, you know, and also check out Elliot and my videos on YouTube, Elliot at Freelance Duck Hunting on YouTube and me at Duck Gun Chronicles on YouTube. And we post a lot of our hunts. Elliot posts every single one, um, from the whole season. And I, I post quite a few as well. So make sure to check us out there. And that's all we got for this week. We really appreciate the Duck Gun Podcast community. Couldn't do it without you guys. Um, I'm Jordan, Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting and Hunter from HDR Innovations. And we'll see you guys next time.